I get up and hit a shot and it's the same crappy shot that I've hit yeah. you know, 50 other times on the front nine, man, I just can't get out of this funk and I'm trying and I'm trying and I'm trying. I added up the numbers. I'm like, wow, I, I knew it was bad. I didn't know it was that bad. And welcome back. Welcome aboard another Par Train. I'm one of your co-hosts, Evan Singer. I got Matt Cermak with me. What's up, Ev? Good to be back. We are buzzing. What an episode. You guys are in for a freaking treat. Okay, but before we get to it, if your golf game is off the rails, you're sick of riding that struggle bus, you come to the right place. We help frustrated golfers enjoy the ride again, because if you can learn to smile through bad golf, you can smile through anything. This episode's a perfect example of it. Okay, we unpack the mental game with anyone from a PGA Tour pro to a golfer like you and me, and that's what today is all about. Okay, Brandon was thinking about quitting the game. He messaged us. I'm going to go through his message in a second, but this is all about getting him back on track and understanding what he did wrong to have that high round, okay, and get in such a dark place. We'll get to that first, but first, Rollback Activewear. Heard of it? Heard of Friends it? of the program, our favorite activewear brand, hoodies, polos, shorts. You wanted to talk about the shorts because it's getting hot in Chicago. The shorts are fantastic, Ev. Like I said, I love I love the workout shorts they put in play. I love kind of the everyday shorts. I love the I mean, everyday shorts. I wear those for casual golf rounds, Ev. Like if I'm playing a public course, oh, hot same. day. Going I actually the- don't wear belts anymore or, or tuck in my shirt anymore, which I know it's a tough look for you. You like, you know, you like that classic look. Me. Well, it just depends where you're playing. I think that's where we're getting sure. to, right? <laughs> Obviously, I'm not going to do it at a nice private club. You're not going to do that at LA North. I but find that at a regular just- course now, because I want to wear Robax everyday shorts, I don't tuck it in just so I can right. wear those shorts. They're so comfortable. Yeah. I think the shorts that we're in the dead of summer everywhere. So guys yeah. definitely check out all their shorts. So thank you to Roback. Go to Roback.com, enter the code train, get 15% off, pair it with a great new polo. It's getting hot. You need something new, but let's get to this episode. Okay. So Brandon was thinking about quitting the game. He messaged us and he said, I listened to your podcast. I've done a bunch of research relating to my mental game on the course. However, I shot one-on-one this weekend and I'm on the verge of quitting the game altogether. The round literally broke me. I shut down, went silent, was clearly pissed, but showed zero emotion. Just got up, hit the ball, didn't care. My wife was upset, kept badgering me about enjoying the day. I couldn't. Nothing I did worked. I had no shot in the bag to look forward to. It was like I was brand new to the game and I've been playing for 20-ish years. We've all felt that, right? Any insight on where to go from here? I love the game, can deal with bad rounds most times, but it honestly broke me. I don't know what to do anymore. Any help would be greatly appreciated. He also said... I'm a 10 handicap, so I expect to shoot usually in the low to mid-80s, 90s on a bad day. I haven't sniffed 100 in probably five to seven years. If I had to guess, I shot an 89 the day before with sore arms, just accepted he was being tired from a workout the day before, but feeling fine, shooting 100, I was dejected and thought of playing right now literally makes me feel sick. I don't know how to recover from it. A lot of my friends herald me as a good player and someone who can rely on to shoot a solid number. Then I go out there with two friends and my wife and make an absolute joke of myself. So now not only is my golf game smeared, so is my reputation because I couldn't fix it and it just shut me down. I didn't get angry. I didn't throw clubs. I didn't curse. I just went silent, visibly frustrated, not enjoying it, which brought the group down. I just couldn't absolutely could not enjoy anything. I couldn't look forward to a good part of my game or something to save me. So I said to Brandon, Brandon, thank you so much for the message. We've all been there. Come on the show for an emergency yep. mental game roundtable. Let's break down what happened and let's give him a clear plan to get back on track. Yeah. And I think we did that. 
Ev, as you know, the key is for somebody like Brandon in a situation like this, you just got to talk about it. And I think it was helpful for him. It's not talk about it with the guys you play with, you know, or the typical guys in the Saturday game. It's talking about it with, you know, us for this matter that really helped him. And, and he's not far off. I think we all, we all have these blow up days and we kind of figured out what it was. It was the pressure he was putting on himself. It was the course he was playing. It was his environment with some really good players, his wife out there for the first time and just kind of couldn't get out of that funk. And I thought we came up with a great plan and, you know, really a couple things, right? It's a couple, you know, some emotional things, some course management, some process, some pre-round routines. And I mean, he's going to be just fine, like we said. So uh, these are the episodes that we love, right? I mean, this is, what did I say? Real, real stories from real players. Well, it's because it's true, right? Like yeah. this show is about bringing the community together, you know, 10 handicaps, five handicaps, 15 handicaps to come on and talk about what's going on and let's just help each other figure it out. So so cool to talk to Brandon and for him to tell his story, you know, it's not yeah. easy, but uh, yeah, it's not easy for him to share this stuff. And some people might hear his message and think oh, that's a little extreme, but you got to remember, we've all let this game get us down. Oh, yeah. And I think the tools you can learn to not let that happen, you can use in anything. These are the episodes I love maybe more than anything, because it's an opportunity to connect with our community and help someone who's really going through it. And that's why we do it. Yep. We do yep. it for the messages. And usually it's the messages of how much the show's helped, but it's also as important, if not more important, are these messages yep. of I'm getting down. I don't know where to do next. I, I want to quit. Right. And we can all relate to Brandon. You talked about it. I mean, we all go through the same, similar things out there from time to time. And it's helpful for us too, to hear, you know, his side of it. So yeah, it's fantastic. Ab. What an episode. Yeah. Well, I know this episode is going to help a lot of people. So make sure you listen to the end because that's kind of where the plan comes in. And that's where we kind of wrap everything up and, and recap everything that happened. So um, as always, thank you guys for hopping aboard. If you liked the episode, if you got some value from Brandon, um, do us a solid. Give us a review at Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Yep. Hop aboard the email newsletter at thepartrain.com and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and now Threads. And Threads don't forget YouTube. Thing. Lots and, of content oh, YouTube. on YouTube. Come on. Hop aboard the More YouTube channel. Yeah. More importantly, YouTube. Good call. No matter how down you get, sir, no matter what you think your your friends and your group are thinking or, or that you're bringing the group down or you feel like you want to quit, what do they got to do? What do they got to get back to? Just enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride, guys. Take care. Thanks, guys. Brandon Galligan, did I pronounce that correctly? Yes, you did. Welcome aboard the train, my man. We are pumped to have you today. What's up, Brandon? Excited to be here. Thanks for having me, guys. There's a ton to get into, right? We've already read the messages in the intro that we got from you. We know you're going through it right now. And this is what I call an emergency roundtable, okay? This yeah, is what the show's- Emergency mental game roundtable. Yeah, emergency <laughs> mental game roundtable. We got to get you in here. Everybody's experienced what you're going through at some point. So we're going to ask you a ton of questions. We're just going to try and give everybody context and understand you as a person, understand you as a golfer. And so let's start with, we just need to know about your game. What role sure. does golf play in your life? How often do you play it? Is it a competitive thing for you? Is it a social thing for you? We know you've played for 20-ish years. Just help us understand Brandon and 
and Brandon, the golfer? How do those two blend together? Yeah. So I would say with my golf game, I play probably about once a week. Some friends are scratch golfers. Some friends just go out there and hack away. I don't really care who I play with. I'll play anytime with anybody with my game. It's all over the place as far as scores go. So I'm not one to go out, warm up, hit tons of balls or anything. I just kind of show up to the course. We go out, we have some drinks, maybe some guys take it more serious. So maybe they don't drink, which is fine. I'd still have fun with them. Typically I'll, I'll try to, I guess, play to the group. You know, I'll try to mold my mindset around how the group's playing. You know, if there's more serious players versus people that are just out there to hit the ball around, either one works for me. So like you said, 20 years, as far as I know, I think I started picking up the game around 11, 11 or 12, and I'm now 31 going on 32. So I've only had a handful of lessons in my life, but those lessons I feel like have definitely shaped my swing, you know, so not, not staying up on lessons, I guess is what I'm getting at might be a problem there. I practice, uh, probably about the same I play, you know, once a week, if I can get to the range and my overall mindset, I guess, is just go out there and and shoot a number. I I think that's probably my number one goal is to just go shoot a good number and and have fun doing it. But as, as you already know, with the message I sent you, my scores are all over the place. And this one was probably one of the worst ones that I've had in a really long time. And why do you play? That's a good question. I, I love the game. I love everything about the game, watching it, playing it. I got my wife involved in it, and now she loves to play with me. So it's just something that I really like. You know, it's, some, it's a hobby that we both share now. And you just I, got, I got married, right? Bag. Yeah, I got her a golf bag for uh, Christmas. Yeah, you her, sent uh, me that message. Wedding gift. I yeah. love it. She loved it. So <laughs> We'll have to share it. You sent me a great DM of uh, your wife in her dress opening yeah. a big box <laughs> with a golf bag. What a gift, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. When did you get, when did you get married? Uh, Last October, October 7th. Okay. Congrats. I was uh, right before you. Yeah. I was in August. And I'll be in December guys. And Serm is this December. So we're all like, (laughs) you know, we're all going to be newlyweds. So, okay. So it sounds like to me plays to the group. So kind of a chameleon out there in regards to how you show up round to round, but it sounds like to me, sir, so far, Brandon is really a, a good round versus a not so good round from an enjoyment standpoint is sounds like so far relying on whether you shoot a number or not, right? Decent yeah. number, pretty yeah. pleased, higher number, not so much. But the feeling you have now seems to be more to the extreme right. where you haven't felt this way in a little while or maybe ever. Yeah. And Brandon, yeah. I'm like, I'm like you in the sense where. I'm a once a week player too. Yeah. Right. And so it's in some ways you kind of pour a lot into that round, yeah. right? It's like, sure right, yeah. I'm set, right. It's You've like been thinking about it all week because yeah. I, I think we're trying to always play once a week. If you get twice, it's a goal, but that, yeah. that one round, it's like, it's easy to really kind of like, all right, this is my chance. I want to, I want to make the most out of this. Is that, is that fair to say? Oh, absolutely. And especially like Evan was just saying, uh, you know, you look forward to it. And most of my rounds, like I work Monday through Friday right now. So that Friday round is what I'm looking forward to. Usually taking a half day to play it. You go out there and shoot a bad number on a Friday after burning time off at work and 
you shoot 101, it's right. it, it gets to you. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Looking me, forward to it. Definitely. Let me ask you this, Brandon. Forget the group for a second. Mm-hmm. How would you ideally show up to a round? How would I ideally show up? Like just like me, forget, just instead of you kind of you said blending to whatever the group is. What do you think the ideal Brandon is to shoot your best round? Maybe think back to a great round or a great time you've had on the course. Sermon and I were kind of talking about this before the round. Like, are you when you've played your best? Are you you kind of get it intense? You get into compete mode. You get really focused. Or do you play better when you're yucking it up with your friends? You're talking right before you hit the shot. You're drinking. Like, is it a, is it a home course? Is it, you know, a random course? Kind of what Evan's saying, like describe what the ideal environment is on that golf day, on that Friday. For you um, to be yeah. your best. And we're in, so you're kind of looking back and kind of tell us about maybe some of that success when those really good rounds, which we know you've had. Yeah. So I would say with uh, the really good rounds, the way they went, I don't feel like they really differentiated between any other rounds that I've had that were not so great, but they're still like, okay rounds in my mind but ideally like i would like to show up a little before getting there so i don't feel rushed and just smoke and joke with the guys that are there don't necessarily have to go hit balls or anything like that not many courses around where i am either have a range or like have time to hit the range before going out just depending on you know when i can get there especially that friday round where it's pretty much like straight out of work straight to the course so there's no really in between time but I would say when I've shot my best numbers, they probably just going out and hitting the ball. I, I feel like I would maybe like more of a free mind, free swing thoughts. Cause definitely I, I know when I, when I start getting a bad round going and I can usually tell it's going to be a bad round around like the fifth or sixth hole, at least to me, like the swing mechanics just start breaking down a little bit. And then I'm trying to figure out in my head why, like wh- what am I doing wrong? And it's, that's where I start saturating my my thoughts with the the minute details of the the swing mechanics. So, just on that thought, mm-hmm. is do you typically uh, fifth hole? You know, you're maybe made a couple doubles or whatever, but just a bad start. Your mind always goes to the swing. Is it it, it kind of like man? I I just I'm not doing the moves that I know I need to do. Or what am I doing in my swing? Because it it, yeah. it goes positional as opposed to more course management or decision making yeah because i i mean i could be wrong absolutely but i feel like i do a pretty good job at course management and evan i actually just listened to uh the one of the podcasts on the way down to vacation because i've listened to a bunch of them but one really stuck out recently it was like you were challenging people on a golf course to make a par and you were going to give them like 20 dollars, and it was like a 10 handicap a five handicap yeah, yeah. plus on three and a one yeah yeah yeah, so I didn't. I haven't watched the YouTube video yet, but I listened to that podcast. And the thing I think that it was the crazy difference that, between like a ten and a scratch. I think it was the episode. Yeah, yep, that was it. The thing that really stuck out with that was, like, me as a ten handicap, and you're talking about a ten handicap. Like everything lined up, and it was the ten handicap didn't really care about the shot. Like he's looking at the shot, going, "Yeah, I can hit this. I'm just going to step up and hit it." Or he's pulling out driver when he should be pulling out three wood or five iron or whatever. Yeah, and you know, like you were saying, like the scratch and the plus handicap just kind of had a little bit more of a understanding of the difficulty of the shot. And I guess maybe I don't have that. So what I think is good course management might not be mm-hmm. because I'm not really afraid of a shot, so to speak. Like I've never stood over a golf ball 
and gone, oh boy, like, you know, 200 yards over the water, should I lay up? Like, I'm going to lay up in that situation or I'm going to go for it. I'm just going to commit to that shot. Mm-hmm. So I don't really That's get like, scared by it. Right. But could that also be why I'm shooting a bad number? Because I'm thinking, oh, I've been striking my six iron good today. So I'm going to you know, hit a six iron 210 yards. And then it yeah. ends up going 200 yards or 190 because there's wind or I hit it a little fat or and then all of a sudden it's in the water. You know, is that the course management that I don't have? That's we'll dig into that for sure. It sounds yeah. like to me, yeah. though, so far before we dig into the round, because I want to yeah. go very deep into this round. It sounds like to me, Brandon, correct me if I'm wrong, you're not necessarily going into rounds with a ton of anxiety or fear about what may happen or it being bad. It sounds like to me, you just really want to perform well. Yeah, I'm my own worst enemy, for sure. Like I'm my biggest critic. And it's less of like an anxiety performance anxiety thing. It's more potentially some expectation stuff. But let's let's get into the round. Okay, so. Tell us about this day. Actually, before you do, let's define what a 10 handicap is. Mm -hmm. Because I think this is helpful. So a 10 handicap, Sermon and I were running the numbers before you got on. If you play well, and and this is really well, by the way, this this should be like probably a top three round for you as a 10. You would shoot an 82. It should be hard to shoot your handicap. And that's an 82. The majority of your rounds are probably 88 to 85. Right? Yep. Bad days, maybe a 92. Yep. Right? Just in terms of your thresholds, like where. Yeah. 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 Because I think a lot of people get it confused. They think they're a 10 and you think the average should be low 80s, but it should be hard to do that. Right? So really what that means is mid to high 80s is a norm for it's that's going to be the big chunk of a 10 handicaps rounds okay tell us about this round tell us about the day tell us about the feeling the mindset going into it did you warm up did you not who are you playing with do you normally play with these people who are they what are their games like we want to dig into everything yeah so it was actually the second round of the week because I had played Friday. So this was a Saturday round. And how'd you play on Friday again? Friday I shot, I shot an 89, but I was also very sore from the workout I did that morning. Yeah. So I kind of chalked that up to that and it didn't really bother me shooting that number because I didn't feel like I had anything, but I was actually making some decent shots. So that didn't bother me too much. And Um, again, very interesting point here, by the way, sir. Remember how the way you just talked about an 89, mm-hmm. you just shot your average feeling very sore and quote, not playing well, which is actually a huge feat if you actually define it for what it is. But you were talking about it in a way that obviously because you chalked it up to soreness, you weren't too upset with it, but you were clearly not happy with it. Right. right. But that's your average. So that already yeah. tells me yeah. expectations are pretty high, but keep going. That's that's a really great indication early on. But okay, so you're going into this round. You shot higher end of your average. Tell us about this day, Saturday. Yeah, so just going back to Friday, I played with uh, a buddy of mine who's a scratch golfer, and his twin brother is also a scratch golfer. If they listen to this podcast, they are good players. Um, <laughs> they'll probably get a kick out of that. Anyway, so I played with him. 
Uh, and we also had a group of four behind us that were also our friends. They were playing behind us and they were playing really well, but we couldn't just link up just based on how many people were on the course. So anyway, I played with him Friday. I also played with him and then his brother Saturday and my wife. So we had that lined up to play a, a Saturday afternoon round at their country club. So they're members at a, a local country club that I've played at, you know, a handful of times. And for whatever reason at that club, I can't break 90. So that was talk about external pressure right there. That's mm. what I'm trying to beat is I'm trying to break that 90 at that course. And I I've done it once, but for whatever reason, I can't do it. And it's a beautiful course. It plays well to my game. I just, I yuck it up every time I go there this mm -hmm. time included, which was way worse. Very common um, by the way. Yeah. Saturday we get there, my wife and I probably like a half hour before the round. And they say, go ahead and use the, the range. If you want the facilities, wherever you need, we're not there yet, but you know, if you want to warm up, hit putts, hit, you know, whatever on the range. So we probably hit like five to 10 balls and mind you, I'm feeling good. I'm not feeling like I was on Friday. Like I don't have the soreness in my arms or the tightness in my back or anything like that. So I felt a hundred percent. And what's the attitude the when you're feeling good after you were sore the previous day are the thoughts. Okay. Now I can actually perform. Now I don't have that holding me back or yep. are you not thinking about performance associated with your body? I would say that I was definitely like, okay, I'm not feeling sore today. Let's go shoot a number, you know, 89 yesterday. Okay. Let's go, let's go shoot low eighties today. You know, okay. when I say shoot a number to me as a 10 handicap, I'm looking to shoot like 80 to 85. Like you said, when you ran the numbers to me, that's a good number for me that I'm, you know, I'm happy with. If I can go low forties on the front and back, that's, that's fine. Okay. If, if I can mix in a 39 here or there, even better, but I'll accept the, you know, 40 to 45 is Usually when I make the turn, I, I can, I, I notice, and I don't feel like I do anything different, but my scores seem to be better on the back than they are the front. And I don't really feel like I make an adjustment, but somewhere I do, obviously. So anyway, going back to the Saturday round. So my wife and I are on the range waiting for them to show up. I'm hitting a couple balls and I'm flipping everything, duffing a lot of things, a lot of the shots. And then when I did hit them well, or what I, you know, it felt like solid contact. I was getting like, a fade out of it. And I'm not really a fader. I'm more of a, a drawer because my swings naturally over the top playing baseball. And I just recently got a lesson to try to, you know, shallow out my swing a little bit and it's been working except for this day. So I, I'm hitting a fade and I'm like, where, where did this come from? Why, you know, since when do I hit a fade or a slice like this? I've never really been a slicer. So um, you were a little more discouraged about this new shot shape that came out on this day, as opposed to like, you're kind of like, work. I don't know if I can play this, right? I mean, yeah. it, so, just just to be clear for the listeners, you just it just it like, sounds yeah. like confusion you know? and yeah. almost yeah. is there oh, yeah. is it fair to say a little bit of panic? Yeah, definitely because you know I'm I'm also doing I call it flipping my my wrist like I'm I'm kind of like casting my hands at the ball and I'm hitting behind the ball and chunking it a little bit and it's not going the number that it should be going that I know I can hit it and it's I don't know half of that. So that, no. you know, I was starting to get frustrated at that. And then you mix in all of a sudden this new slice that came out of nowhere. And it's like, okay, what, what am I doing wrong? And then I'm trying to fix it. And then they show up and it's like, all right, let's go. Mm -hmm. we're, you know, we're, we're teeing off because we're, we're on the clock now. You know, they got us a tee time. We have to tee off at that time at the club and let's get to the first tee and let's go. Sure. Meanwhile, in my head, I'm like, I didn't hit a single good shot. And I know, Evan, I know you've talked about this, you know, does the range correlate to the course? I'm not a believer that it does because I had a really good range session down at Disney 
earlier this year before I played uh, Lake Buena Vista. And I went into the mm -hmm. first tee with like this huge confidence, like, man, I really just crushed the range. I was striping everything. And then I shot like a 94, 95. Yeah. So Short I, answer, I'm not it really doesn't. correct. I, I agree that it does not correlate at all. But um, I mean, so, we but, should, but we should it, make it clear. It's, we're human it's, beings. It's, it's a challenging right. mental exercise you're dealing with. Because like, we're sure. still hitting a golf ball. Right. So inherently, it's like, if I can do it here, why can't I do it there? But they're very different environments. And we we don't need to belabor the point. We've gone yep. over it. But it's I think it's important to say that it's normal to want it to translate. I mean, it feels yep. similar. The question is, as you're going to the first tee now, are you thinking about the breaking 90 goal of how you've never played well here and now you're panicking because you're hitting a shot you've never hit and you're in you're in fix it mode, panic mode, emergency mode of I got to find something that I can hit here? Yeah, I mean, I was definitely trying to to block out the and you know, we only hit like a handful of golf balls, maybe 10 or 15. So I kind of blocked that out and chalked it up to like, okay, I didn't really get a chance to like really warm up, but I never really do. You know, like we talked about earlier, I typically just show up to the course and get in a, a cart or throw the bag on the shoulder and go. So I wasn't so much like worried about how I hit on the range. It was like, all right, let's see how this first hole goes. And the first hole wasn't terrible. I think, I think I bogeyed it like decent drive down the left side, flew the second shot and then chipped on three, two putt five onto the next one like i you know mm -hmm. and i can live with that that's 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 bogey my train's right a great there. place to start i mean we right. don't condone the bogey train but <laughs> the bogey train is i've likes uh, it because it just kind of you know it eases you in it's, yeah, it is i've yeah. loved you know <laughs> all right i know you guys have been waiting for this the wait is finally over i have a huge announcement we're finally going to do it okay like i said in previous podcasts and on social media when our instagram at the part train got taken down and we lost our ability to have that back and forth and see your questions and see your stories. It really was a tough time and I never want that to happen again. You never know what can happen on these platforms. So as a part of celebrating the Instagram being back and also making sure we're doing this around our seventh anniversary of our first podcast, we are launching our tailor-made My Symbol golf balls with the Partrain logo replacing the number and the Enjoy the Ride sign on the side. TP5 golf balls, the first company to ever do this with TaylorMade. We're finally going to drop them and I'm going to do it for one cent. Now, here's how we're going to do it, okay? As soon as you listen to this podcast, starting on Sunday, all you have to do is two things sign up to our email list on thepartrain.com, scroll down, just put your email in there, totally free. You'll opt into our train of thought newsletter, which I send out every Monday morning, which is a thought, insight, or learning that we're focused on that week. Totally free. That's the only email you'll get. You also get access to merchandise drops before anyone else. So email, we'll get that before social media. Okay, that's one. Sign up to the email list. Two, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We want to help you guys learn and get back on track and get out of your own way through video now too. We're putting video podcasts up there now after the podcast comes out on audio and we're doing more and more videos. I've got some amazing stuff planned, especially with one of your favorite guests, Brett McCabe. We're gonna do something very soon. Can't wait to share more of that. But all you gotta do, sign up to the email list, thepartrain.com, and hop aboard that channel on YouTube.
That's all you got to do. Okay. The goal is 5,000 subscribers on each side. I think we can do it. We got an awesome community. But next week, I'm not going to tell you what day. As long as you're subscribed on our email list and you're also on YouTube, you will get an email at a random time when those balls go on sale. And there will be a very limited quantity of these golf balls. And I will put them on sale on our website for one cent. All you got to do is pay shipping. Okay? You are getting custom golf balls that could easily go for 70 bucks a dozen. The first run that's ever been made, there's only about 25 to 30 dozen. And I'm selling them for one cent as a thank you to you guys and to celebrate being back on Instagram and having the community back on track. So... Reminder, next week, sign up to that email list, hop aboard the YouTube channel. The goal is 5,000 subscribers, and I'll drop it at random next week. All right. Enjoy the ride, guys. Let's get back to the show. We don't have to go, obviously, well, whole, whole through whole, but talk about the themes of we know everyone that's listening right now, by the way, Brandon, can relate to the feeling you have at the start of this round. You're at a country club. You're playing with a great player. With your friend who's a scratch. Did you, you say your other friend is a scratch too? Yeah, they're twin brothers and they're both uh, scratch golfers. Both scratches with your wife. He didn't have a great warm up. Didn't have a great warm up. Had didn't had previously good rounds at this place. Yeah, so that so there's naturally discomfort there, and you're trying to navigate. And, and the ego, man, by the, the way, this uh-huh. is the ego's worst nightmare, right? Because yep. it's getting it's it's under attack essentially. But you make but, a bogey on the first hole, and but, okay, so you're probably right? feeling a little settled okay. after the first, yeah, yeah. right? Not yep. terrible. So, talk to us about where that shifted. It's tough to say exactly where, especially you know it's been almost a week now. So I'm I'm trying to think. I would say probably like the fifth or sixth hole is where the wheel started to come off because whatever the the first par five was, I had a chance for eagle. I drove it like, I don't know, 310 maybe. I had I had like a nice eight iron in, and I, I hit a really good shot into the green. I, I think I left myself like 20 feet for eagle. Missed the putt, but had a very short putt for birdie, made that. And I think I, I threw a double right. on the card at the second or third hole. So I was like, all right, well, now that birdie's kind of negating that, that double that I had. So let's just keep that momentum up. And, you know, I got – my two buddies and my wife, like, you know, Oh, great hole, you know, keep, keep that momentum going, you know, but at that point I was already starting to struggle. And it was like, now the swing thoughts are inundating my, my mind and it's trying to figure that out. And then it was just like the screws were coming loose and I'm starting to shut down because nothing's working. Like absolutely nothing was working. I like the, the par five where I hit the drive, I hit a great drive, hit a great second shot. That was like, okay, can we build off of that? And then I just couldn't, like, I, I don't know what it was, but I could not replicate that swing or those shots the rest of the day. And yeah. everything was not a good golf shot. Were you uh, thinking about your swing on the birdie? Probably. If I had to guess, I would say probably on the iron shot into the green. And um, what is your swing thought, by the way? Oh, I, it varies. What's your I mean, key swing thought? Like yeah, swing the swing right. can only have that one. That's our than, rule. <laughs> yeah. Right. What's the one that's worked more often than not? I understand you probably have different ones every round, but yeah, we all deal with the millions, but what's the one that you like to take with you? Swing right. Because I'm such an over the top golfer. Swing right. Um, 
Yep. Center that's field. Out to right, right field. field. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That'll that'll shallow out my my downswing. And I mean the the lesson that I got recently, you know, he was setting up tees and swing sticks and everything. And it was all just swing right, swing right, because I was so over the top. And even with an over the top swing, if your timing's on, like I could still play with a, a very over the top swing. It was just my sure. misses were dead pulls. So my yeah. my swing thought now is just swing right. But there's multiple other ones that creep into my head too. On top, no, of for that. sure. When for sure. when I feel like I'm swinging right, but it's okay. You're swinging right, but what else is going on? Right. And so I'm just trying what, to self-diagnose. What sticks out, Brandon, early here is you were hitting fades, up, well pushes or slices in the around the range, which you don't like. You're not used to, yeah. and then you're out there trying to make sure that doesn't happen. Right. Yeah. You're trying to close the club face, hit that yeah. draw. So you're, you're battling your mechanics and, and for that day, that's what I'm, I'm hearing. Yeah. So there's yeah. some manipulation compensation happening. There's probably some trying to prove something, impress the scratch players you're playing with, and also impress yourself of trying to beat this goal of breaking 90 at this country club, which you historically haven't played well in. Okay. So it sounds like you make birdie. And the funny thing about that is what I picked out, Serm, is when you made birdie, everybody in your group is kind of contributing to the narrative of, all right, just keep it going. Can you feel yep. the pressure around score in everything that you've said around in this group, even in the group? It's all right, that gets your double back. Now just keep trying to like keep it going, right? There's inherently yeah. pressure with that. Is that fair? Yeah, I would say so. Like, I don't think I don't think I necessarily recognize it, but I, I definitely hear what they're saying, and it, it and I'm telling myself like, yeah, let's you know, let's keep that up, let's do that again, you know. It, it and it doesn't necessarily have to be like a birdie; it could just be a really good shot. Like, I hit a crappy drive, and then I hit a really good iron shot, and you know, you got the wife or my buddies going, "That was a great shot," you know. Keep that up, bro. Build on that, and it's I'm telling myself, yeah, absolutely, I want to do that, but then I step up over the ball and I get inundated again with the swing thoughts yeah. and then I hit a crappy shot and it's like I like I just can't string anything together you know and that's right. that's where I was shutting down like I was I was so in my head of trying to recognize what I was doing wrong and this is my wife's first time playing at the the club that we're at mind you like she's only met met these friends within the last year or so but I've been playing golf with them for probably two or three years now so she was really excited to be out there and to be playing this course. And I feel like I kind of took away from her day by just mm. shutting down, you know, like yeah. I will say years prior, like I was the hothead golfer, like, you know, tossing the club off to the side or like slam the club into the ground. I've definitely worked on that, but unfortunately working on that, I just kind of go silent now, you know, and you can tell that I'm like sure. stewing and just, like in my own head and not having a good time. And then, you know, like I said in the message, my wife's badgering me about, you know, just please have a good time. And I, I really am trying because I don't want to take away. And I, I recognize that. I was like, this is her first time playing this course and she's out here to have a good time. She loves the game. She loves to play. But um, it's hard to hear that. <laughs> it is. Right? It really is. And it right? can make things worse yeah, for you. For sure. She means absolutely the world and well, and just wants everybody to, but it, that's tough to hear. Do you know Let's why that feels well, so bad? I don't, I wish I did. So Tell the me. reason why that feels so bad is because you're fa in your mind, you're failing twice. Yeah. Yeah. That and makes one a reason, lot of sense. 
And one reason you're failing yourself because you're not meeting your expectations of your performance and this thing you've created around breaking 90 at this course, you're playing with great players. You want to impress them. So like your performance already a failure in your mind as a golfer, as a golfer yeah. Two, hundred yeah, percent, you're failing yourself because you're not enjoying it. And yeah. anytime it's one of the hardest things to learn, but anytime that you are not enjoying yourself, and you're telling yourself, I should be enjoying it. The dissonance, the disconnect there is what makes it feel so bad. But sometimes if you just accept that this is a bit of an off day, I'm going to manage what I have and I'm going to focus on something else, something productive. We'll get to that towards the end, I think. It's not as painful because you're not focused on, I should be feeling this, but I'm feeling this, right? Let me ask you this really quick, Brandon, because it's your wife's first round at the club. Is there any sort of pressure you put on yourself to make sure she's comfortable? Because I know sometimes these country clubs, without even realizing it, it can be a very subconscious thing. You're kind of tiptoeing around. You might not be your normal personality because you want to you don't want to make anyone feel uncomfortable or overstep your bounds, especially a newer player like your wife might be uncomfortable at a private club, was there any pressure you were taking on your shoulders to make sure she was comfortable? I'm going to, I'm going to say no, just okay. because she it was more. So you thought before. you were taking away from her enjoyment by not enjoying yourself. Yeah. She's been to the club before. She's met a bunch of people at the club through uh, my friends. Now her friends too. I don't necessarily think she's like super comfortable there. Cause obviously she hasn't played around, but she knows the people there. Yeah. So I didn't really ask her, you know, are you feeling any sort of pressure? Is this too much for you? You know, do you feel like you have to be like prim and proper type deal or anything like that? I don't think that bridge was ever crossed, so to speak. Yeah. So I don't think I, I took any of the burden on that, but okay. I definitely think, and, and I, I, I picked up on it, especially when she said it, you know, and I say badgering, she was just, she wanted me to have a good time. You know, she's not like yelling at me or, you know, getting mad at me. She's just yeah. like, come on, babe, you know, have a good time. We're, we're out here with, with our friends. We're playing golf. Let's, you know, life could be worse. You know, right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And right, you know, right. I'm, I'm absolutely trying to, but then I get up and hit a shot and it's the same crappy shot that I've hit, yeah. you know, 50 other times on the front nine. Right. And it's like, man, I just can't get out of this funk and I'm trying and I'm trying and I'm trying. And it probably doesn't seem like it or look like it, but in my own mind, I'm like, yeah, you know, it, she's having a good time here. Let's, let's keep this up. Let's, well, you know, and I think my friends recognize that too, because they also started gravitating more towards her. And like, whenever she hit a really good shot or a good putt or something like they were more celebrating her and just kind of letting me be on my own yeah. in my own misery. Then you which feel is even fine. More like I appreciated that at times. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so, so Brandon, yeah. it sounds like on the front nine, certainly you're really in your head with your swing thoughts, right? Yeah. Um, yep. Talk about, how you tried to get out of that. I think we saw in your message a little bit around like, well, maybe I got to go to the, I don't care attitude, right? Yeah. Which is very common, right? Because often we care, you're caring too much about your score, about your environment, about breaking all those things, breaking 90. So talk about maybe, all right, I had a bad front nine, but we can have a good back nine. Yep. We see that a lot. What was your goal? What was your strategy as you're making the turn, for example? So, like I said earlier, I typically shoot better on the back nine. Yeah. Um, and it, like sometimes significantly better. So I always have like a, 
more positive outlook going to the back nine of like, all right, here's a reset. You know, here's, totally. we can, we can figure this out. And yeah, I just shot a 50 on the front, but I, I have it in me to go shoot a 39 or a 40, you know, to, to really bring that score back down and just kind of wash out that front nine. Are you but thinking that actually, turn, Brandon, or are you thinking I shot a 50 on the front? I don't need to worry about shooting an 82 anymore. Cause I've kind of ruined it. Oh yeah. So then you yeah. just kind of play. Correct. Definitely that day um, after I like I added up the numbers, I'm like, wow, I, I knew it was bad. I didn't know it was that bad. That dejected me. But also at the same time, like I said, it was I know I can still go shoot a low, a low number on the back. So let's let's figure this out on this first hole and try to go shoot a low number on the back. And I just couldn't. And the swing thoughts that are going through my head that I'm trying to figure out what I'm doing wrong. I don't. To simplify it, the swing right, right? That's that's my main thought. But then I also, mm -hmm. I let the the intrusive thoughts creep in, thinking like, keep that right elbow tucked, you know, lean the shaft a little bit at address, be more centered on your feet. Like I'm literally running mm. through an entire golf swing in my head. Yeah. And Brian, I'm not one to anything. stand. Yeah. <laughs> literally anything. Yeah. Um, I'm not one to stand over the ball and like take a ton of practice swings or I don't really visualize shots either. I kind of look at like where the flag is, where the misses can be and where they can't be, you know, is long dead is right dead. And then we just kind of try to stay away from those, but I don't like, I don't take a step back and like, okay, I don't visualize the shot going into the green or off the tee. I just kind of get up to the ball, take a look, All right? This is where I can go and swing because I noticed from a very early age, my, my mom actually made it like known to me was the more I think about doing something, the more likely I am to like screw it up in sports at least, you know, like when I played baseball, if I had a ball hit to me at third base and I fielded it, took it up, you know, pounded it in my mid a couple times and threw it, I'm going to airmail it. I don't know why, like my mechanics just broke down. Like, yep, I got this ball, no problem. Boop, and it's, it's over the first baseman's head. Whereas yeah. if I feel that ground ball, pick it up, throw it, it's a dart every time and I'm nailing people. So you're, so, in you're reacting. Yeah. Stick Correct. to in just instincts. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, and I, I kind of translated that into golf as, as I grew older, like, you know, early on, you want to mirror like the, the PGA players. So you're out on the range, you know, taking a look, taking a couple practice swings, you know, you're, you're impressionable at a young age and you're seeing all the PGA pros that are really good. And you're like, man, you know, I want to be like them. So you're doing that. But then as I get older, I'm like recognizing, like, I'm never going to be that. So let's just focus on what I am. And I don't need to take three practice swings. I don't need to, you know, like, I'm going to draw this ball five yards into a, a left front flag and spin it back. Like those thoughts don't, don't creep into my head. I'm just more of a, let's get up there. Let's hit it. Let's hit the best shot that we can. Cause we know we have a good swing and you know, our mechanics are good, but when they break down, that's where everything, like I start, you know, pounding the mitt and I'm going to throw the ball, but it's going to be an airmail because I'm thinking about it sure. too much and it's hard to get out of my own head. I'm my own worst enemy with it. Help us understand really quickly. Cause we haven't gotten into this. Are you getting like snowmen? Are you just throwing a lot of doubles together? Help us understand score wise where the round's going. Is it just a couple blow ups or is it kind of an ongoing poor play? And then let us know like, what do you think it was leading to that? Are you missing? Are you losing balls off the tee? Are you chunking stuff around the greens? Are you hitting irons long? I imagine it's a combo, but if there's, yeah, but like, but can you hone in on something? Yeah. Yeah. What was leading yeah. to like, what was the big issue that day or was everything off? Everything was off, but it was mostly like a lot of doubles strung together. And 
at this course, if you're not down the fairway off the tee, you're in trouble. Super the tree line. There, yeah, a lot of trees. The rough is really thick and sticky. So if yeah. you're in there, it's, you know, club up and hope for the best. Or, you know, you're behind trees, which I was I was in a lot of tree trouble that day. I was punching out a lot. And were you on um, the right? I was on the left. So I didn't oh. really slice anything. So you weren't slicing it. Overcorrected. Correct. Overcorrected. Yep. For the day. Yeah. Yep. For the day, for sure. Which makes um, sense, honestly. It would make sense that you'd be left all day. Yeah. So, and okay. a lot of my tee shots, I would say I probably had maybe three good drives that were, you know, like, and at least in my mind, like really good drives. And the rest were in the woods or like a duck hook left off the tee. And, you know, I'm towing it. I'm Haas, like I'm just all over the place. And it was really hard to like have that confidence on the tee box to be able to have the confidence on the next shot. Cause I know I'm going to be in trouble off the tee box. So it's like, well, now I can't hit a good iron shot. I'm going to have to chip out. I'm going to have to punch out of the trees, whatever. And then once I got up to the green, chipping wasn't terrible. And my putting was actually pretty good that day. Like that was, I say nothing worked, but I, putting definitely didn't help anything. It, it didn't make it worse, but it didn't help anything. I, I think I probably two putted every green and had maybe one or two, three putts. And I don't think I had a single one putt that day, which is fine. Like I'm not, I'm not a great putter to begin with. So I can live with the get on in two or three and two putt and walk away. Cause I, I used to be really bad at lag putting. And, you know, the three putts would creep in and that's where I would really lose my game. I could stripe the ball the entire round. But then once I got up to the green, it's like, all right, well, I'm on in three. So here's a six. I've gotten much better with that. So that day in particular, though, not a lot worked. And if I was if I wasn't in trouble off the tee, I was duffing a lot of my shots. Like I said earlier, I was like flipping my wrist at the ball. At least that's what I thought I was doing. I don't know what I was doing because I couldn't diagnose it. Right. Yeah. You know, because nothing came together. It's like the whole day, it, was, it wasn't like I changed something and then it worked the rest of the day. It was, I'm trying to change it. Okay, that didn't work. Next thing, next thing, next mm-hmm. thing. Like just couldn't get through it. Yeah. I think definitely the round killer was a par five. I, I had a 10 on. No You're lost 10. balls. Yep. I, I only lost one ball all day, maybe two. But either way, it wasn't like I was losing golf balls left and right. I lost one or two, which what you know, was it? On, just going on back and forth across the green, chunks, duffs, or <sighs> yeah, I'm trying to think that par five ten. What I did, it, it was like a duff drive, so it only went like maybe 200 yards, and you know, I think it was a long par five, like over 500, maybe like 520, 525, something like that. And then I hit a hybrid just to try to get it up there, and it was a, it's a blind green down a hill hit that left. So now I'm in the, in the trees in the rough. So now I got to punch out. So now I'm in the center of the fairway, hitting three, duff it, hitting four, pushed it left off the green. So now, now I'm not even on the green and I'm, I'm at five already. Five. When you got to five, Brandon, yep. did you kind of just say, screw this? Like, yep. I don't care yep. anymore. Let's just get this ball on the green and get out of here. You know, that's, that's yeah. kind of what I'm trying to do at that point. I don't mind being in the fairway from like, you know, 150 yards out on the fourth shot on a par five. That doesn't really bother me because it's like, I know I can, I can still hit a good shot from here and have a chance at par or a bogey and just get out of here. But it's also the balancing act of, well, the first par five you played, you drove it 310 down the middle with an eight iron into the green and you walked out of there with a birdie. Now all of a sudden it's kind of the same length hole no real change other than it's a blind a blind green from the top of the hill and you can't replicate what you just did on the other par five that's where 
things start really starting to eat at me. It's like, why can't you do this again? And that was all day. So I just got the awesome opportunity to play Hillcrest Country Club this past week in Los Angeles. I think Larry David, Sylvester Stallone are some of the most well-known members. A lot of comedians have been members there. And I also got back from Dallas a couple months ago from my Ryder Cup trip, got to play the Dallas Cowboys course as well as the Texas Rangers course. All three awesome courses. The thread between all three of them was everyone was mooching off of, well, really not mooching. I provided the sunscreen for everybody. And the thing that everybody seemed to gravitate towards, ironically, was not a spray, but actually the ghost stick, the uh, clear sunscreen ghost stick. 35 SPF. It's three inches tall, a couple inches wide, perfect for the little cell phone pocket in your golf bag. People joked actually was weighing down my golf bag with all the sunscreen I had on in there from Orzen Alps. But the ghost stick is my new favorite thing because I've realized that I've kind of had it backwards all this time. I think sunscreen covering everywhere on your body is important. But I think back in the day, I used to put sunscreen on my arms and my neck but I didn't put sunscreen on my face. And now that I'm older, I'm starting to notice people that are in the sun a lot and their faces kind of look like old catcher's mitts. Okay. And I don't want that to happen. So being married to a woman that is really into her skincare has rubbed off on me, I guess. So the go stick clear sunscreen stick is my new favorite thing. Cause it rubs on really easily. I love zinc oxide, but it gets stuck in my beard and my whole face gets white. And this is so clear and easy. It stays on super easy to reapply. So I would highly recommend that, but they also got the face mist. If you want more of a face mist that you can actually spray on your face and all the other sprays and stuff that they have top notch, no harsh chemicals. They're great people. Very small company based in Chicago. And I love everyone there. So go to oarsandalps.com, enter the code SPF train for 15% off. And don't look like an old catcher's mitt out there. Don't risk skin cancer. Focus on the shot at hand. And don't worry about getting a burn. Do the same thing that everybody I play with did. Grab that ghost stick, that SPF spray, mist. Protect yourself out there so that you can protect your score. All right, guys. Let's get back to the show. First of all, I should just say, Brandon, this is so good. Because you're going to help so many people through this. And we've all done this just to relate to you for a second. I've flown across the world in New Zealand and played top three most exclusive courses in the world at Terra Edie with the guy who helped build it. And I topped eight drives as a seven handicap. Okay. I've been invited to play Cyprus three days after my wedding and was getting down on myself for how terrible I felt for playing such a bucket list course. And I topped six drives i hit it all over the place okay and everything you're experiencing i've been through many times okay and yes last week i shot one over so this is actually not that difficult of a scenario and i'm excited to go through it with you and i want to tell you that because i know that you can get back on track by just changing some of the habits and some of the things you're focused on and Brandon, I played division one college golf. There was eight months where I couldn't hit a driver off the tee. I was so scared to hit a driver. So we had a pro on the know, show two weeks ago that told us on Canada tour, he was chunking, hitting divots with his driver. 
because he's so so in his head with this swing, right? So this is not just 10 handicaps. This is we, we've seen it on tour, right? Sut Tiger have the chipping yips. Yeah. So now this yeah. is the power of this stuff is you can go from playing this thing you love to wanting to quit based on what we pile on in our own head. Now, to recap everything I've heard, you keep me honest and correct me where needed. Serm, do the same. Everything I've heard, there were nerves coming in that you're going to a place you historically haven't played well. Two, you saw something on the range you weren't used to seeing. That immediately put you into a natural kind of emergency fix-it mode, panic mode, right? Three, you're with players that you want to impress. You're with good players. Four, your real goal for the day is your score. So everything that you just experienced, think about all of that pressure, all of that panic, and yet your measure of success is a good number. Do you see the how far that gap is? Where if your goal is how do I shoot a good number today when I'm doing all of this? It feels impossible, right? It feels yeah. really tough. Now, the other thing I picked up on, Serm, is Brandon, when you had something going well or going wrong, you either said to yourself, let's keep it going, let's make more scores, which you don't really, how do I do that, right? Like there's no real how there. It's just, let's try and do it again. So you're not yeah. really clear on what you're doing when you're doing well, but expecting to be able to do it again. Yeah. And I, then, I would, go ahead. I would add, uh, Brandon, what I've heard from you is it was score, thinking about score and thinking about and swing. swing. Yeah. That's it, right? Swing. If I can do my swing right, I can get the score. I didn't hear anything yeah. about approach to each shot, routine, you know, yep. treat, treating golf as a collection of moments. It's all really an outcome for you. Yep. And then yep. on the, on to tie that up in a nice bow, the last piece is when you're having bad results, you're making a lot of changes to try and get something good. So this is constant and very classic fix it mode. You're not really playing golf. You're trying to yeah. fix your swing. We're trying, we trying golf. You're yeah. absolutely not playing yep. golf. Now this is yep. really interesting. I literally, I was telling Sarm about this before you came on the show, Brandon, I literally had my first call with a player yesterday that I'm coaching and he isn't your exact mental golf type. You're an ISTP. He's an INTP, but you're both thinkers. That's what the T stands for. And after everything we went through in our first call, because after every call, I'm like, all right, let's have one thing to leave you with, to go start to work on something simple, right? And the thing that stood out to me is actually very similar to what stands out for you for my player yesterday and for you. This is so fascinating, okay? So I'm going to break down for you what a thinker does to do well in their best mode, and then I'm going to read to you what a thinker does in stress. You tell me if this rings true, okay? Yep. A thinker maintains, in their best, maintains a task-first approach. So I would imagine as an ISTP, you like breaking things down. You like process. You don't mind numbers and you like, you're very good at project oriented stuff as a task first approach. You put your attention on doing your job on the course and reaching your competitive goals. 
in this case, it would be your score. You keep your mind centered on delivering committed shot processes, and you stay focused on course management and strategy. Not one place did that say swing mechanics, right? Now, this is what a thinker does when they're stressed. You switch to a people first approach, task second. So what does that mean? That means worrying about the opinions of others, people, whether playing partners or spectators, getting distracted by the behaviors or opinions of others, and getting caught up or concerned with another person's game or your own in the sense of their opinion of it. So you see how yep. that's people? Yeah. So everything you're doing is driven by emotion and people versus, okay, Brandon, if I'm struggling, if I didn't hit that shot well, well, what did I do? Was I was that just a bad swing or was I focused on my swing mechanics instead of where I wanted the ball to go? Was I focused on avoiding a hazard instead of where I wanted the ball to go? You, there's no process yet for you to lean into when you're struggling. So, so far I'm realizing number one, Brandon needs a process. You need a task to lean into. Whereas when you struggle, you get into people first, opinions of others, the failure of your own, right? Cause I just want to make this clear. Golf wasn't making you miserable, by the way, it was feeling like a failure. That was golf was the, personification of it but it was feeling like a failure because of the expectation that you should be somewhere else and you don't really have a tool at your disposal to enjoy it more or get frustrated less and you don't have a tool when you're not performing well and on the course you just go straight to your swing to me that's a recipe for frustration because people are telling you to enjoy it you don't know how to and you want to have better shots, but you don't have a process to lean in on. Does that make sense? Absolutely does. Yeah. Brandon, I would say a couple of things. That's good. That was good. Ev. You know, you warmed up before the, the this round and you never warm up. And to me, that's just a red flag, right? Now, I'm a big warmer upper, okay? But some Huge. people aren't and that's okay. But what I try to do sometimes unless there's unforeseen circumstances is the same thing before every round or as close as I can get for me, that's hitting 30 balls. That's taking a few putts. That's eating, getting a snack before my round and just doing that every time. Now you may say, Matt, that's ridiculous. That's too much. But what, and then, and doing a full stretch, by the way, before I hit balls have to have a full stretch. If you're telling me I've had my best rounds, kind of when I, you know, I get to the course, throw my bags on, maybe hit a few putts and start talking to the guys, you need to do that no matter where you are. And like, you have to really invest in your, that your, whatever your process is. Maybe that's a full stretch, hit 10 putts and go, you know, grabbing a drink. But like you, when you create familiarity in your process before the round, because every day is a new day, you're stiff one day. You had a bad day at work, right? Like you're, it's, it's going to just feel different. So I wanted yeah. to get your thoughts there and I'm not saying you can't do it, but that's hard work to say, I'm going to replicate this, whatever my routine is every time before I play. Yeah. I mean, what I, do you think I your ideal like routine be, would be? I would like to be the guy that shows up and, you know, has like a range routine, but there's no 
sometimes Might not most be times right and, and I, I think i have to accept that because i if i can get to the course and hit the range before playing around i would love to especially on like a vacation trip or something you know like disney world earlier this year where like it's included so yeah i want to go out on the range and whack a couple while we wait for the tee box to clear and and then go up definitely my my best rounds have been no range session before there's times where I it hit keeps the range your mind like, loose. It keeps your mind loose, yeah. right? Yeah. It's got to be it. Yeah. Brandon, remind me, what do you do for a living again? I'm a police officer. Okay. I'm sure things pop up all the time. Danger, challenging people. Do you have confidence that you can handle it? Whatever pops yeah. up? Absolutely. And especially at, at my place of employment we're trained very well. We have a, a good cadre of uh, training instructors. So they definitely give us the tools and the confidence to be able to perform. Yep. So if you didn't have the training and something happened and someone expects you to do it, but you have no idea what they expect you to do, you have no idea what to do. Right. How good do you think that result would be? Probably not as good as it could be. So, but, you know, the brain is actually very simple. Your motor cortex just needs direction. So Rotella told us, Bob Rotella, Rory's sports psychologist, he said, if I asked you to throw that ball over that tree, what would you do? You'd probably just throw it over the tree, right? Yeah. Whereas you don't necessarily think, bring your shoulder back, your elbow here to throw it over the tree. You look at the tree, you say, oh, you want me to throw that over the tree? You got clear direction. Your brain heard it. Your brain sees it. Now your body creates it. Now, people debate this. They say, yeah, but golf, there's a lot of technicality with it. It's very tough motion. But I think the point of this example is if you're giving your brain five things to do, it there's no way it can your best swing can come out. Stephen Pressfield, the author of Legend Bagger Vance, told us, we all have flawed swings, all of us. Even Tiger Woods has flaws, right? The goal is how can our best version of the flawed swing come out, right? So but you have to, and you have to accept what you are that day. Right. Okay. You hit balls. You were fading it. You know what? That's my shot today. Yeah. Now think yeah. about the, the difficulty that this game already is. Now think about the difficulty of the game with five swing thoughts piled on it with expectations to shoot an 82 with breaking 90. It's something you've never done with impressing two scratch players with helping your wife, make sure she has a good time. That's a ton. That's a lot of pressure, right? Now I'm going to read some of the quotes that I wrote down from you. Okay. I played yeah. this game for 20 years and it looked like I just started playing. A lot of my friends herald me as a good player, someone you can rely on and shoot a good number. My golf feels smeared, so is my reputation, right? Couldn't find anything to save me. I went silent, couldn't get out of it. I brought the group down, couldn't enjoy anything. My wife was upset, kept badgering me to enjoy it. I couldn't, nothing I did worked. I'm a 10 handicap. I expect to shoot in the low 80s, 90s on a bad day. Now think about the weight of all those statements. To me, you don't need to be that. We can take the panic of this round. To me, it makes sense. 
you shot a one-on-one. I wouldn't be panicked about this round at all. I'd actually be really excited about this round because what you just did. <laughs> well, it, well it, hold on. The hold key on. is, yeah, go ahead. Because you just showed, sometimes you have to do that to understand what not to do. And look what happened when all with all of that pressure and all the swing thoughts, right? So to me, this is a really exciting thing to say, okay, so Brandon tends to get complicate things out there. We all do. This is a great reminder. How can we simplify things? And how do we know that those expectations don't help us? So maybe Brandon, we one of our, your, one of our favorite quotes is golf doesn't define us. It just reveals us. Mm-hmm. Right. And, but you've yeah. got to what I'm saying, you got to be able to step back after this round, like we're doing right now and actually reflect. Right. Yeah. But and so, realize it's, it's done. It's over. It's, it, you know, it, it you're going to yeah. be okay, but you're, you can't fix it if you don't reflect. Right. Yeah. And we can't get, we, we have to, to me, it makes sense as to why this happened. So let's reflect on it. And I know sometimes when you're really in this really frustrating down place, all of this sounds great, but you're feeling inside. Yeah. This all sounds great, but like, can you just fix it? Like, can we just fix me? You know, like you guys, you might not understand how painful this is. I get it. I know how painful it is. Right. And the only way that I got back is to refocus on the right stuff. That's all it is, is a refocusing and, an, and it's a practice. It's a mental practice. So for, for us today, I know we're, we're at time. I got something I want to jump in here though. Brandon, I want to talk about how you talk to yourself on the course. Okay. Mm-hmm. You talked about, you made a double then you made a birdie. Oh, I negated the double. But remember the doubles there. You didn't negate anything. I see. Yeah. Right. You're yeah. you it's still on the card. Like, well, I got it back. Sure is. <laughs> it's like, no, you didn't. The <laughs> double staying on the court, the, the scorecard. So I think what's so hard about golf, but I want to push you to work on is when you're having a good day and a bad day, you got to find a way to keep your routine the same and saying the same things to each other. Because look, you make a double, you're pissed, your adrenaline's up. You make a birdie, you're happy, your adrenaline's up. What I like to say to myself, and you got to find your kind of phrase, all right, you just made a birdie. Back to my routine. What what's the next shot call for? As opposed to, man, got that one back. Could maybe yep. shoot forty two here. Now look, score is always going to be in there, but you need something to cut to kind of block it out a little, push it this way. And to me, that's talking to yourself about routine. And what up? Hey, next shot. What do I got here? Driver. Okay, three wood. You know. You see what I'm saying? It's like you just got to yep. always be in that routine mode. So I just wanted to add that in. And Brandon, remember, you're already wired as a problem solver. You're a police officer. And what did you say? With the right training, I have confidence that I can handle any situation. Right? Golf's the same thing. So instead of getting panicked, you don't get panicked as a police officer. Crazy things happen around you all the time. And you're like, okay, I can handle this. That's what golf is. You might see a shot you haven't seen in four years. You might see a shot you haven't seen ever. You might top a drive in front of everyone you care about. You might hit an amazing shot to two inches that was way above your pay grade as a player, right? There's always going to be those surprises. But to Serm's point, we got to get you back to what works for you. That's very process driven and get away from your results of the score. 
because it's clearly adding a ton of interference that isn't helping you. We've you proved that your last round. So to me, I actually think what your coaches were, and by the way, we didn't even talk about it. You just had a lesson. Yeah. So you're working on new stuff. That's, That's even hard. Tough. Yeah. yeah. So let's, let's give yourself some grace of everything that you piled on yourself that round. And let's bring it back to basics. I think swinging out to right field is a great thought. It's not positional. It can be very aggressive and offensive. But maybe we need to have more of a tempo feel, right? To have try and yeah, get some yeah. rhythm. So, like, what if just as a as a we can play around with this, and you can see what works for you post podcast. But what if we just said your task today is to try and swing with rhythm or tempo to right field as many times as possible, right? And then your yep. score on the scorecard is how many times did I swing with tempo to right field? And Brandon, if you, after that round, if you see five or six times, I didn't, right. You look back and you think, all right, well, maybe I didn't like the way that hole was dogleggy, right. Or maybe I saw that trouble or maybe it, you will find that it's something in your mind, your mind, my mind, all of us that just wasn't comfortable. And that led to that poor swing as opposed to, yeah. man, my swing just, just comes and goes. It comes and goes because of what's yeah. going on up here. Yeah. What do you think? How does this feel to you? Do you yeah. feel relief? Do you feel excitement? Do you feel like, ah, oh, this isn't, this isn't fixing me. I need something in my swing still. Cause that would be normal too. Like what's coming up for you as we talk about this. No, I would say, and I, I knew going into this, I was more looking at like the mental side of it, you know, having listened to your, your podcast and whatnot over the past couple of days, especially, but I know that I, I have a good swing and I have the right mechanics. It's just putting it together. So I'm not so concerned about like, I need to go out there and fine tune the swing. I know the swings there. It's my mind. I'm like I said, I'm my own worst enemy. That's my biggest part of my game that I need work on. And I'm trying to, it's just, it's a work in progress. So, you know, it's constantly a construction zone up there of kind of sidestepping the landmines I know might make the round implode. You were your own worst enemy. Yeah. In right. past tense, because right. you didn't have the tools or the training to do anything otherwise. Right. Yeah. So just remember that like everything you've experienced, you went through for a reason because it was teaching you the alternative. When I heard you say, I can tell it's going to be a bad round. What am I doing wrong in my swing? That's a huge red flag because you think one shot means the rest of the shots are going to be bad inherently yeah. and that's yeah. the ego right yeah brandon on those days and we, we've talked about them on recent podcasts when i'm you know i had a bad warm-up first couple of, sometimes i have to i for me what works is matt you're just gonna have to work a little harder today mentally to convince yourself this round this is gonna be okay you can yeah. make this you're just it's just you gotta work harder I, i'm not accepting this is gonna be a bad round i've got 16 more holes left but you're right. going to have to work a little harder and a little smarter about how you think your way around the golf course. And I would push you to really challenge yourself that way. And Brandon, what, yeah. what Cermak just said is self-talk, right? Because what you yeah. just told us, I would argue, hasn't translated to the course yet. If you truly believed that you had the right mechanics, you wouldn't have tried to reinvent it. So that actually right. is really valuable information. That tells us, 
that somewhere inherently you don't believe that your swing's good enough. And we all don't believe our swing's good enough, by the way. No one thinks their swing's good enough. That's why you see tour pros doing crazy drills with all the swing aids and different things, just like we are, right? But I can tell you, and I think you already know this, but I'll say I've been playing the game 18 years. You've been playing 20. It's not, it doesn't exist. I've, I've been trying a different takeaway thought every week for 18 years okay. and it's not there. Okay. Yeah. He tells me, he calls me, he tells me about it all the time, Brandon. And, and <laughs> Sir Mac, we just recorded a podcast that I think Brandon will really love. It was the five keys to my one over round. Yeah. Right. And was I focused on my takeaway at all? Nope. Or swing fixes throughout the round? Nope. So Brandon, I think this is a huge opportunity to say, all right, when those thoughts start to come into play, what is a thought that Brandon can say to himself to keep him on track? Of, and, I have the tools I need. I've got the swing that I need. What I need to get back to is rhythm and hitting it to right field. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. Write it on That's your it. glove. Write it on your scorecard. Put a note on your grint. Just sometimes we need these reminders throughout the day. It sounds trivial, but yeah. it's not. It's powerful because after that bad hole, you've got to get your mind ready for that next shot. You take a deep breath. And this is a whole new hole. Yeah. But sometimes we need something to divert our attention there. And I really believe writing something down or a visual all day, make you smile, yeah. make you breathe. Yeah. You feel any relief? Absolutely. Yeah. Do you feel I mean, less likely to quit? Do you feel a little bit more excited to go play in, in a simpler way? Yeah. And just, uh, you know, down here on vacation, it's a family vacation. So I have my nephews down here with me and, my two brother-in-laws and we took our nephew yesterday to a little par three course down here in ocean city. It was in Astigue Island and he's seven. So, you know, obviously we're going out for him. We're not going out to, you know, shoot a number or, and it's a, it's a, it's a little par three course. So it actually, it's good for me because now I can work on my irons, Sure, but the day was obviously for him. And I don't even think we kept score. But this was my first round since that, I, I say round, you know, it's a nine hole course. Yeah. We played it twice. This is my first time swinging a golf club since that one-on-one. And early on, it was kind of the same thing in my head of like, I, I hit a couple bad shots and I'm like, we don't care about those today. Just go out there and hit the ball. And I started and how'd you play. Them. Yeah. I started puring them. I, Do you I don't, see? I'm, you fixed it. I don't, right. Yeah, and I don't know what the score was. Like I said, we didn't really yeah. keep score. I probably, if I had to take a guess, I was probably 10 or 11 over. If I had to guess, I, I didn't lose a ball all yeah. day. I didn't, to my knowledge, have any like blow up holes or double bogeys mm-hmm. or triple bogeys. I think I had a bunch of pars, a couple of birdies, and a couple of bogeys. You see how um, your focus but, on your nephew took you out of the focus on yourself? Correct. Yep. And being with the brother in laws we're out there having a great time with our nephew and like, it wasn't about golf, you know, it was about actually a really valuable tool. It it wasn't about shooting a number. Yeah. Correct. So you see how the combination of focusing on others, getting out of your own ego and feeling like a success or a failure, not bogging yourself down on trying to make scores because you're not going to get into a rhythm. If you're trying to make a score, every hole that's called pressing. And then not focus on your swing mechanics. You shot great. So you haven't lost anything. Right. You just either have interference or you don't. Yeah. Right. So let's get you start to track your round based on 
a process of swinging a right field with tempo, focus on others, give yourself some good self-talk and reminders that you are trained to handle anything that happens inherently with what you do. And we can recap this for you too, but it's all simple stuff and replicate that pre round routine, Brandon. Yeah. You're way more, you're way more simpler than I am, but your routine needs to be the same as close as you can get it every time. And that's going to be, that's going to set you up. I'm, I'm, I have no, as I harp on this, but I'm a huge believer in it. Yeah. Replication. So keep us posted. Maybe we'll have you back. We believe that you didn't lose anything. This is a, this is happens to every single person that's ever played this game. And it's a huge opportunity to start to find your process. You would have never found your process if it wasn't for this round. Yeah. Because you don't want to experience that round again, which by the way, you might, yeah. we all have it. Yeah. It doesn't matter how good we are or how many good rounds we have. I mean, we did a podcast with Serm that guy shot a 69 in really tough conditions and a round that he shouldn't have shot a 69. And then a round that you think he's going to do it again, he shot much higher. But we broke down why. And I think that's the goal, right? Is to start to get curious with what's happening so that you can get back to what helps you. And you have yep. those key tools and reminders, you know? Yeah. And and you got to work at it like anything we all do in life. But it's, this is great. Think about how just, re- right? It's revealing that this all was. Yep. Now you actually got to plan moving forward. And we're not reinventing the wheel, right? We're not, there's just, right. you know, just a just couple of Just talking through things. it and making me recognize things that I, I didn't, or I, I did, I just didn't see them, you know, clearly. Yeah. Yeah, it's, like, well, it's I, I know they're there. And it's like, about. oh, yeah, you said that. And I thought about that, but I never really you know, yep. brought it, brought it up to myself. I was like, yeah, I knew, I knew that was there, but oh yeah, that makes sense. Type deal. Yeah. Um, you don't have to fix I, You're not a fixer. You're you go play, right? There's yeah. nothing to fix. And that's, there's only a process to get back to. Right. And I, I think I, I had a couple of people tell me like, oh, maybe you just need a break, you know, a, a one-on-one, maybe, maybe it's time to just take a break. And I'm, that's not me personally. Like if, if I screw something up or don't do something well, it's like, I have to fix this and, and redo it better not necessarily as a fixer, but just, you know, for my own internal mindset. So it was kind of like, well, I, I feel like this is more of like a Top Gun moment in the first movie where it's like, you know, after Goose dies, get him back up there, get him flying again. This is right, kind yeah. of the same thing in my mind. It's like, no, yeah. I don't need a break. I need to get back out there and, and shake it off and just do it. You and reflect you on it on... for a little while and you're right back out. Right. And then Brandon, you stand on that tee box. You say, talk to me, Goose. Yeah, <laughs> <You know? laughs> Absolutely. That's what it's yeah. about. Well, Brandon, yeah. thank you so much for hopping aboard. I know yeah. we went a bit over time. Thank this you. This is a special time. episode. This but is this is really good because this is what everybody goes through. And these are the types of conversations we want to have so that we can help other people. You're going to help a ton of people, by the way, with this. I hope so. You're going to help Which yourself. The, the beauty of the show. Yeah. So you keep us posted. Let us know if you have questions. But yeah, I'm really excited for you. I think it's the start of a totally different Brandon on the golf course. Yeah. I really appreciate you guys taking the time and allowing me to come on the show and, you know, talk about my bad round. And for any of the, the people out there listening, like I'm just a regular Joe Schmo, like everybody else. You know, there's no, I'm, I'm on family vacation right now in ocean city. I'm, I'm just a regular old guy out here hitting a golf ball. So, you know, I don't think that, you know, you, you don't have to be competitive to enjoy the game. I think that's my biggest thing. I'm just competitive with myself, but yeah. I don't enjoy the game when I'm competitive with myself sometimes. So if anyone gets help from this, I, I really thank you guys for, for allowing me to do it. 
Oh, our pleasure. That was Thank well you. said. Pleasure to meet you, Brandon. We talked. Thanks, Matt. Take Absolutely. Care. Thanks, Evan. Hey, guys, this is Evan. Real quick before you hop off the train, I got something for you. It's called The Train of Thought. It's our new email newsletter. Would you like to get one nugget, insight, or thought that we're pondering every week that could help keep you sharp and help your mental game? Go to thepartrain.com and subscribe to the Train of Thought newsletter today. It's really the best way to enjoy the ride. See you guys.